Hey, I'm Drew. Welcome to Movies and Mocha's Caffeinated Film Talks. This is where we drink coffee and discuss our favorite movies. Each week, one of my friends and I will talk about a different movie. So brew your favorite coffee, relax, and let's get started. Welcome back to Movies and Mocha's Caffeinated Film Talks. I'm here again with my friend Rachel. Hey, everyone. How's it going? It's good. How are you? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Uh, Yeah, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, well, my name is Rachel. I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm a recent graduate from Trebekah Nazarene University. I was a music business major. Um, and now I'm just trying to find music businessy things to do. Um, I'm not really a film person. I'm dating a former film major, so I think that makes me an expert by association. So I hope I say the right things. <laughs> But I love stories, and I love characters, and so I hope what I say makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have no qualifications other than I just watch a lot of movies. Yeah, I think that's all we really need, is yeah. just a passion for the subject. Appreciation for people, it. People, yeah, people will relate to that. Yeah, there I we hope go. you all relate to this. There we go. Uh, we are, once again, drinking some really great coffee. Absolutely. Um, and water to keep us hydrated. Absolutely. <laughs> Everyone drink Everyone water. Drink more water. <laughs> Which is ironic if you know me because I have I struggle with drinking water, mm. but I'm drinking water right now. So yeah. yeah. On top of coffee, uh, because this is caffeinated film talk, so we need to stay caffeinated. Yeah. With coffee from a favorite coffee shop of mine here locally in Nashville. Mm. Delicious. Yeah. I I don't remember what today's drip coffee was, but it's really good either way yeah yeah they never have bad they never have bad coffee yeah they've never steered me wrong Mm-mm. no i think the only time is i had a drink that tasted a little too much like a flower <laughs> but it was literally called the drink was is literally called the flower in french but oh yeah you, you don't want me to, yourself up for that you one. don't want me to drink to speak french so like <laughs> yeah but it, the term was called the flower so i'm like yeah. okay i expect this yeah yeah, yeah. otherwise it's all great <laughs> all right so today we are talking about the marvelous movie captain marvel oh i see what you did there <laughs> oh my gosh the goat herself the deus ex machina i didn't say that right <laughs> the, the what deus ex machina it's it's when um it's like the savior the savior character they just show up and <laughs> like make everything yes better yes you can see that clearly in endgame where she just shows yes. up and turns the tide. She does. She does. What a word. Yep. Get old Carol. Go Carol. Get it. Uh, which <laughs> is such a unusual name for such a character. Ah. Yeah. But it works. Yes. Oh yeah. You would never imagine such a powerful character being named Carol. <laughs> like that's that's what it is. Like think about like Carol. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, we love her. <laughs> We love her. Yes. To all you Carols out there, we love you. Go, Carol. Um, so this movie, a little bit about it. It was released March 8th, 2019, mm-hmm. which is also, intentionally, International yeah. Women's Day. Uh, um, unintentionally, it's two days after my birthday. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> this was also my birthday plans that year. This is mm-hmm. what I did, is I went and watched Captain Marvel. How appropriate. Mm-hmm. It was directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. This is the second 
director duo mm -hmm. to ever do anything with Marvel. The first is, of course, the Russo brothers doing all the Captain America and Infinity War Endgame things. Yeah. Um, but this is the first time that a female has directed a Marvel movie. Uh, so yes. go Anna. You know, Anna for the win. Um, Brie Larson stars in it. Obviously, mm -hmm. he's Captain Marvel. Jude Law is also in it, which is a great choice because it's, <laughs> it's Jude Law. Good old Jude Law. Nothing else has to be said. It's just <laughs> Jude Law. He's great. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson's in it. Um, Clark Gregg is in it. Mm -hmm. And other people whose names I don't remember off the top of my head. But it's a great cast. Yeah. The, uh, going back to Anna being the first female director, the uh, composer for it is, and I'm probably going to mispronounce her name, but it's Pinar uh, Toprik? Sure. Yeah, it's a really weird spelling. Um, but she is the first female to compose a Marvel movie as yeah. well. So, wow. go... The music just brings tears to my eyes. It's so good. It reminds me of Thor Ragnarok, where it's really technical in mm -hmm. in moments. Yeah. But at the same time, it's still that very cinematography... No, that's not the word. <laughs> Theatrical? No. Cinema... Cinema... How do I end Sorry. the word? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Words are hard. Uh... Made from movies. Cinematographic. Sure, yeah. That sounds Cinema... Cinnamon bun. <laughs> Cinnamon. Cinemagraphic? Cinematic. Ah, we got there, folks. Wow. We got there. Get some of that coffee going. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is so bad. Uh, cinema. I almost forgot it. I almost I restarted that whole thing. It, so it's very technical. It's very technic. It's very. It has a very techy sound, kind of like Thor Ragnarok did. Yeah. But it also was still very cinematic sounding, with string heavy, mm -hmm. very um, suspenseful when it needed to be. I I just there's a lot of tracks on there that I like enjoy listening to. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of the action scene tracks that she composed mm -hmm. were. Are, are really good. I enjoy listening to Yeah. Them. I love the music for her flashback scenes. Mm -hmm. um, where she just keeps getting back up. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh. I'll, I'll get more into that later. Yes. But. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'm just laughing about that now that I can't pronounce words. <laughs> um, well, I couldn't say deus ex machina. Still you still can't, can't say, say it. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me. We're going strong on this, guys. Um... A couple facts before we get into the movie. Did you know that DC's character Shazam, Shazam in the comics is also known as Captain Marvel? I think I did know that. Before the movies came out, uh -huh. it was DC and Marvel both had a Captain Marvel. Uh, and there was this huge thing. It was like, well, yeah. who's allowed to use it? To get out. Yeah. like It was like a legal... This town ain't big enough for the two of us. Right? It was a full legal battle. And Marvel ended up winning the rights to use it. So even though Shazam, his character was still Captain Marvel, mm -hmm. he then went by Shazam because that's his catchphrase turn, to turn into the superhero. Oh. Um, yeah. I like that. Have you seen Shazam? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you know when he when he calls it Shazam and he turns yeah. in, it turns in, into it and then not mm -hmm. into it. Um, that's, why I, that's why they changed it. 
to Shazam instead is because Marvel won the legal battle of the rights to it. Uh But part of the stipulation was they had to uh, actually write comics about her. Or not her so much because originally Captain Marvel was a guy. Um, But they had to write Captain Marvel comic books and not just keep her as a... Not just keep that as a side character. Because mm-hmm. um, that's originally what it was, was a side character. Mm-hmm. And so, even though Captain Marvel wasn't their highest grossing superhero or highest grossing storyline, they released, like, one-off comics ah. to fulfill that stipulation. That's kind of cool. Kind of just created the character for the movies, mm-hmm. essentially. Or created, like, the starring role. Well, um, yes and no. Like, this happened years ago. Yeah. This was still, like, when they were just writing comics and no movies. Yeah. Well, or not not popular movies. Yeah. Because <laughs> they've been writing, like, Marvel has, there have been Marvel movies for years, just mm. pre-MCU. Just not like this. Pre-MCU. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, I, I, like, I think I knew that. I, mm. like, I thought I knew that, but I read that and I was like, oh, that's really cool that yeah. It's very confusing, but really cool that they both had it, and of course Marvel won. Yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. Also, so, Brie Larson is allergic to cats. Oh. So, anytime Oops. she had a scene with Goose, oh, no. it was a puppet. Aww. And it was CG, and so they used a mix of a puppet and CGI for any time yeah. she interacted with Goose. That makes sense. Any other time, okay. it was a, like, obviously there were moments where it was CGI'd, but uh-huh. any other time, like, there was an actual cat on set instead yeah. of a puppet. But it's because she was allergic that she couldn't. Yeah. Which what is a, so sad. What an I, interesting downfall. I know. What a strange kryptonite to have. I mean, there's a lot of people who are allergic to cats. So I like, know, but to be in this kind of movie and to have allergies. Where, like, cats. one of the kind of main characters is a cat. Yeah. And you're allergic to cats. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, but I thought that was interesting. I'm just, like, imagining her, like, interacting with a stuffed oh, animal. I mean, or a there, weirder things have happened during movies. Like, I have mean, you seen the behind-the-scenes for the live-action Beauty and the Beast? No, but I've seen the ones for Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's just a really cheesy wooden puppet head of a raccoon. Like, that takes some acting, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, or, like, the behind-the-scenes for Age of Ultron when they're fighting all the robots. Uh-huh. But, like, this is pre-CGI, so it's just all these actors are just, like, huh, huh, like, just in the air, <laughs> just, like, invisible things. That's so funny. You know, and uh, um, Elizabeth Olsen is, like, yeah, just... She's just doing, doing that, all her like, wacky little arm yeah, movements you know, and stuff and, with the fingers. And Captain America is just punching random, like, invisible things. Yeah. And Thor's, like, hitting things with a fake hammer. And, mm-hmm. like, it's just all invisible because yeah. nothing's there. Like, it takes acting. Yeah, to absolutely. Do this. Without busting. I know. <laughs> to, yeah, to say straight-faced. Uh-huh. Because I would probably be laughing so hard at first. Yeah. People make jokes about, like, acting being such a serious thing. But it's... That's why there's gag reels. Yeah. <laughs> Show us there's how so unserious it is. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, so getting into the movie. Yeah. It's set in 1995. Mm-hmm. The year before I was born. I was born in 1996. I'm just, I, I know. I'm doing math because 
You said you're, are you turning 24 this year then? Yeah. So, oh, so we're two years apart. Oh, okay. I was born in 98. Ah. Yeah. Captain Marvel. Set in 1995. Um, I don't know if it's still there, but did you visit, like, did you go to, like, CaptainMarvel.com? No. It, they made it to be a 90s website. No way. And it was the best thing ever. Beautiful. It, like, I can't even explain it all. But it was, like, truly like you were going to a website back in the 90s. With your thick desktop? Mm-hmm. Oh, It my was gosh. amazing. Anyway. Um, yes. Set in 1995. And it starts off with, like, a dream slash fast... Nope. Dream slash flashback. Mm-hmm. I still can't talk. Okay. Uh... Of her crash. Yeah. Um, and they play that one a lot mm-hmm. throughout the movie. Yeah, it's a, they do. It's a reoccurring scene, mm-hmm. but it changes every time. Yeah, because she's... She gets more facts. Yeah. yeah. So, that's, like, the next scene is my absolute favorite. Uh-huh, when she's fighting... When she's fighting Jude Law. Yeah. Um, oh, man, it's my... Out of the entire movie, that little bit of time where she knocks on his door to where they end up on the train going to the Supreme Intelligence. Like, that section of the movie is hands down my favorite of the entire two really? hours. Oh, I love it. It's, it's in my opinion, from a, not a plot point of view, because there's a uh-huh. lot better plot points, but from, like, a filming slash production point of view, I think it's, like, the best part of the movie. Oh, wow. Just because, again, like, I am a... Stunts are my kryptonite. Like, it's... The way to get to me is, like, through the stunts. And especially hand-to-hand combat. Oh, true, true, true. um, That's what I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. And so, like, it's... That's some good stuff. Oh, my gosh. Instantly. She... It starts with her, like, falling on her face. Uh And it's just... It's so fast-paced, you know, with a dialogue Mm -hmm. and... It felt very full, mm-hmm. which doesn't happen with the rest of the fights in the movie. Yeah. Um, which I'll talk about later. But that's mm-hmm. another reason why it's one of my favorites is it feels very complete. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's it really all sets time the favorite. tone for the movie, too, with her falling and then having to get back up again. Mm-hmm. And the relationship between her and Jude Law. Mm-hmm. Which I know he has a character name, but they don't ever announce it until like two thirds into the movie, so I'm just not even going to acknowledge the name. I honestly, not gonna lie, I honestly forget about that character. Like, after yeah. after she goes to Earth, I just forget he's a thing. Because he's just yeah the last thing on my mind, because I'm concerned about scrolls and. Right, until he pops up again. Jackson and, until he pops up again. Yeah, and then you realize he's an important piece to the story yes um yeah i excuse me um no so that fight scene is hands down will always be my favorite Mm -hmm. of the entire movie and so i just really like it i one day want to recreate it aside from there's like two or three moments where i'm like my body cannot do that (laughs) there's a couple moments where it's like my body can't do that (laughs) what we know our limits. Yes, we know. It's like it's like the one where she's doing. She al- it's like almost a flip mm-hmm. in the air. Yeah. And finishes it with a kick. 
Yeah. I cannot do that move. <laughs> and and I accept that. But like almost almost the entire rest of it I can do. Yeah. To some level. Uh-huh. Maybe to not that person. But always adapt it. But always adapt it. And so like I would love one day to like get a partner and just yeah. work it out and do uh-huh. and just recreate it. I think yeah, it would be so fun to do. Mm-hmm. Um but that's for another time. So then it moves on to, they go to the Supreme Intelligence, which yeah. I was watching that fight scene, and every time she brought up her photon blast, uh-huh. Jude Law's like, you need to control him. She is controlling it, man. Yeah. You know, she hasn't reached out yet. She stops herself. She's controlling it. You just need to shut up. Yeah. Let her do her thing. Right? But, yeah. And his character is just so controlling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so this is what I love about Jude Law is... He always plays, like, the mentor slash teacher. Yeah. <laughs> and he just falls into it so naturally mm-hmm. that you almost, like, if so if you've seen stuff he's in, you know, you see that and it's like, he's kind of controlling, but at the same time you see it as he's teaching. Yeah. And so it almost kind of gives it a pass. Yeah. Yeah. In this movie, though, um, it's definitely more like, mm-hmm. it's, it's such a, I don't want to say preachy, not, it's not really a preachy movie, but there's this whole message about um women and about um people are always not always but people do like try to tear down women oh very much so them like calm down you need to mm-hmm. stop um stop being so hormonal and yeah, emotional stop being so emotional um and i think his character is meant to portray that version of the world mm-hmm. um that's telling women they need to sit down yes um so it definitely has a purpose it does. It has a lot of purposes, especially later on in the movie, as you start to learn the real truths of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so they go to the Supreme Intelligence, which really, I feel really weird about the Supreme Intelligence. Yeah. Because one of the lines that makes me feel really weird about it is they're on the bus, uh-huh. or they're on the train, and Jude Law's saying, he's like, no one can look upon it in its true form. Mm-hmm. And the second I heard that, I'm like, you're trying to play God. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, that's what happened in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Is That's why people would die. It's why God told Moses to turn around. Is because yeah. no one can look upon God in his true form and survive. Mm-hmm. And that's very much the tone I was getting. And I'm yeah. like, mm, I don't like that. Yeah. It makes me uncomfortable. It makes me very and uncomfortable. And the whole, like, it had, like, the wires and stuff connected yeah. to her. And it was just like... Seemed very soul-sucking. Yeah. Well, it's an AI. Yeah. So, you know. The only AIs that are good AIs are Tony Stark's AIs. That's Generally. Ultron doesn't count. Because it's <laughs> an, that one is not just Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Tony's not the only one who worked on that. Uh-huh. And it was incomplete while he was working on it. But that's a whole another rant that I don't need to that's go into. That's a different movie. That's we'll a whole... about this one. That's a whole different one. Yeah, so this AI is... Yeah, creepy. It, I just don't like it. It makes me feel very uncomfortable, mm-hmm. um, especially after that line of like, "No one can look on its true form." I'm like, mm, "That's a little too much of you yeah. trying to play God." But we go through it. Um, I liked. That's another scene I liked was after she escapes and she's like trying to fight all the scrolls. Mm-hmm. I was like, it really shows her power. Yeah. Um, even while it's controlled. Mm-hmm. No, so that's what it is. Sorry. The little thing on the back of her neck. Yeah, that's... Um, because this came out, so Thor Ragnarok came out in, I want to say, 2017. Yeah. And this one came out two years later. 
So in Thor Ragnarok, they had the little electrocuted thingy. Yeah. To like control them. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing, when when I saw that for the first time in Captain Marvel, that's instantly what my mind went to, Mm -hmm. was... And so I knew instantly that she was being controlled by that. Not so much like controlled as in like... It's like like uh, brain control, but it was like it's more of like um, ex- I I thought of it exactly like it was in Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. where it was kind of like a shot collar for a dog. Yeah, is kind of what it was, mm-hmm. and so yeah, so like that just really bugged me. Like that's been on her literally the entire time. I know. Um, yeah. So she's yeah. So we have the fight scene with the scrolls, and then she's captured by the scrolls, and then we see they're like. Messing with her mind. Mm-hmm. They're, like, going down into the memories that she doesn't even know she has. Right. Because uh, so she has no memories from the, anywhere from before the last six years. Yeah. And so we meet this other main character. I forget her name. I'm so sorry. Maria? Uh, no. Marvel. Yeah. That's dumb. Why did I forget that? I don't know. But anyway. Lawson. Yeah. And her human name is Lawson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we meet that character. Um, and she remembers her from somewhere. Well, what um, throws her off is that's who the Supreme Intelligence Supreme Intelligence takes. Um, so, yes. So now she's finding out that there's something deeper with who this person is, and so she's like, I have to find out more. So she kicks the scrolls' butts. And Which is amazing. Off. It's so funny. Absolutely. Like, my, my favorite moment, one of my favorite moments in that is, like, she still has her things on, mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know, one of the scrolls, like, growls at her or something, and she just goes, and she just, like, screams back. Yeah. It's like, okay, <laughs> let's do this. And I think it shows how much power she really has. Yeah. Because she's fighting them with her hands, mm-hmm. incapacitated. Yeah. And she's barefoot. Yeah. Has no idea where she's going. And is taken on this entire spaceship. Yeah. By herself. Uh-huh. And she wins. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Truly, what? truly incredible. Yeah. So then she makes it to Earth and crashes into a blockbuster. Which is amazing. Pierce Bronson <laughs> is James Bond at this point. Oh, really? Uh-huh. There's oh, a cutout yeah. of Pierce Bronson with Wait, the I gun. Wait, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. This That's is... so funny. It sets up um, what year it is. So, mm-hmm. wow. Just using that uh, store mm-hmm. that everyone knows. Um, Doesn't exist anymore? Yeah. Though there is one blockbuster still in business. Are you kidding? I'm dead serious. Here in Nashville? No. Uh, like, in the world. Oh, wow. Uh, let me look it up. Did they use that for the movie? No, I think they just... Can we tear this blockbuster? It's for science. The, according to the New York Times, the world's last blockbuster has no plans to close. And that was a year ago. Holy cow. It's, uh, it's in Bend, Oregon. Oh. The most random place on it. With the closing of a blockbuster store in Australia, the one in Bend, Oregon, will be the last to survive changes in technology and shopping that reshape the way people watch movies at home. Wow. I feel like people just go to it for... At this point, it's more of like... Uh, Holy crap. It has 4,000 account holders and adds a few new ones every day. That's awesome. Yeah, people just go to it for the nostalgia. Oh, yeah. Because it's like the last blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Um... So yeah, so she, you know, crash lands in this blockbuster. The security guard (laughs) that she talked, so that, his name is Barry Curtis, Uh and he is the Marvel security director. That's awesome. He has has made pop-ups before in other movies, 
uh, the one that I recognize him from is Iron Man 3. Uh-huh. When Tony is running from what's-her-face extremist soldier in Tennessee, yeah. he's at the bar, he's still handcuffed, and he hides behind um, the car, uh-huh. and there's this guy just kind of, like, kneeling behind him, and Tony's like, crazy stuff, and the guy's like, yep. He's like, you want to see something even crazier? And the guy's like, sure. And then Tony jumps in, like, crashes through a window into a storefront. Uh-huh. That guy is, is uh, Barry oh, Curtis. Oh, that's so funny. So he's made a couple pop-ups in other, like, yeah. Marvel movies. It's so cool. So I just thought that was a fun little... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she just, like, invents a way to communicate with her people. Yeah. She just, like, builds a... Communicator just to reach space. Yeah. You know, why not? <laughs> Just whips that right out. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, she was in the Air Force, and even though she doesn't remember it, like, you gotta be pretty intelligent. Yeah. Especially sure. to be a successful pilot, like she uh-huh. was, you know. Yeah, there's probably some knowledge that is so subconscious that she doesn't even remember. Mm-hmm. She doesn't remember she has it. Yeah. Um, but it comes back to her in times such as these. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. So she's able to communicate, and then um, Nick Fury and Phil, Phil Coulson, Coulson show up. And it's just they're a happy so moment. young, so oh, young and so innocent. small, so young and innocent. Yeah, Fury has both his eyes. Mm-hmm. Wow, never thought it's making sarcastic that. remarks <laughs> in a light-hearted way. Yeah, uh, um, and then the squirrels show up. We learn that Nick Fury cannot drive. No, he's a horrible driver <laughs> in a car chase. My word, which makes sense. Watching him in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. He couldn't drive oh, then either. True. Literally, yeah. it was the car was driving. <laughs> it was, You're right. It was a car driving the whole time. Uh-huh. Uh, and this confirmed it. Yeah. Then um, we find out. The Granny Smackdown. Oh my gosh, that was so yeah. funny. And that's the Stan Lee cameo as well. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, which I learned um, at this point because... So they filmed this movie after they filmed Endgame. Uh-huh. Because they filmed Infinity War and Endgame at the same That's time. Right. Oh. Like, they just spent a summer record filming Oof. both of them all at once. Like, it yeah. was it was one of those where it was just like, they didn't stop. They mm-hmm. just recorded all of it. I can't imagine. Oh, man. That's so much. Rough. Anyways. So anyway. Uh, um, so they filmed Captain Marvel after they filmed Endgame. Mm-hmm. And, which would be really hard for Brie Larson. Yeah. Playing the character. Which yeah. is, gives even more respect for her. Because mm-hmm. she had no answers about anything. Yeah. In either movie. In Endgame. Um, um, the Granny Smackdown. And then Stanley. Stanley. Yes, yeah, so Stanley. So, uh, they filmed Endgame. And then they filmed this movie. And at this point, his health was, like, really starting to decline. Uh-huh. To the point that he couldn't, like, it took too much energy for him to actually talk yeah so they so if you notice you never see him actually talking then mm-hmm. you just see him kind of smiling which yeah. is so adorable I know. but they had him put the magazine back up and they got old footage from something else that he did oh. and just had that loop that audio loop through oh so it's not him actually talking in the movie but yeah. it was like it's just so sweet because I'm pretty sure that was the last cameo he ever filmed because his health was declining so much so and it's sweet. just a sweet little thing. And yeah. then Captain Marvel goes and has a Granny Smackdown. Yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing. Oh, yeah. So. That's so crazy. Then we find out Phil Coulson has been. It's a scroll. Scroll. I just love, because then he has the, the phone call. He's like, 
I'm still at the blockbuster. Yeah. Where is everyone? Yeah. I'm like, oh, he's such a rookie. <laughs> Just a little babe. Little baby girl. to learn about the world. Yes. Yeah, but then we find out more about the scroll mm-hmm. uh, race. Um, and they do the autopsy and everything, and then we find out that the doctor is also a scroll. The whole scene where they looked under the sheet, that was improvised. Oh my gosh, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> that was so weird. It's a, it's a guy thing. You know, just... We will never not? understand. No. Whatever. But men will never understand us. So. True beans. Um, and then my favorite moment is when uh, Carol comes up to the shop and the guy on the motorcycle yes. is, like, a dick to her, and so she steals his motorcycle. That Boom. just I makes me happy. Yep. Yes, <laughs> my yes. Little, my little heart. She goes back to the bar from her memories. Mm-hmm. Um, she remembers her best friend. Um, goes and tries to get answers from there. We learn a lot about Fury. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We learn a lot. He never eats toast cut diagonally. Mm-hmm. Um, although well. he does in Age of Ultron, which is another clue that people think that was a moment where he was a scroll. Oh. Where it was like Talos yeah. impersonating him in Age of Ultron because mm-hmm. he ate toast diagonally after he's. Obviously, it was before that. Like, that yeah. was filmed before, but in this movie, he says, I've n- I'll, I don't like my toast diagonally yeah. cut. That's what he calls him Fury. Everyone calls him Fury, Literally. except for Tony Stark and Maria Hill. Uh-huh. They're the only two people to ever call him Nick. True. Only two people ever. But he hasn't. He hasn't met them yet. Which is so crazy. No. Nope. Part of me. Yeah, I don't know. I've seen like fan things where mm-hmm. it's like he would have known Tony as a kid. Yeah. Because of Howard Absurd. being a yeah. founder of Shield. But, like, that's not confirmed or anything. Yeah. So, at this point, yeah, he hasn't met either of them yet. So, only the only people to call him Fury, the only people to call him Nick are not around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's only called Fury. He only does missions as, to a place that starts with B. Because <laughs> it rhymes, apparently. That's interesting. Yeah. Which, I don't think Fury understands what rhyming is. Yeah. Probably not. No. Because <laughs> rhyming is normally the end of the word, right? Yeah. Not the beginning. Yeah. That's an alliteration? I couldn't tell you. I was not an English major. Neither was I. So yeah, next we go to the base. Uh, we're just walking you through this movie. You don't even have to watch it. No, why not? Yeah, just, why watch it when we can describe it for you? Yeah. Just listen to the soothing sounds for voices. Mm-hmm. It's like you're, you're living the movie. Yes. Anyway, so... <laughs> I'm so weird. <laughs> I'm weird too. It's okay. Okay, so they're at the base, um, because that's the place where the... Project Pegasus? Yeah. What is Project Pegasus? Um, Please enlighten us. Why did you have to ask that? It's an acronym. Uh, let me find it. Um, you keep talking. Here we go. Sorry. No, I found it. Project Pegasus stands for Potential Energy Group slash Alternate Sources slash United States. Apparently, it was mentioned in the Avengers, mm-hmm. according to IMDb. Yeah, and they find out that um, Carol was a pilot. Um, mm-hmm. A successful she, Air Force pilot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, was, it was presumed that she had died in 1989. In a crash. Yeah, while testing. Firing crash. 
Yeah, while testing a light speed engine. That Dr. Yeah. Lawson made. Yep. And uh, Carol recognizes her from her diapers. Mm -hmm. uh, but then Fury's boss shows up. It's actually a scroll in disguise. Dun, dun, dun. Ta-da! Um, and Fury figures that out because he mentions a mission that doesn't serve a villain to be. And his boss is just like, yeah, that one. And Fury's like, hmm. That's off because I just said that I only do missions that start with B. Yep. Um, so it starts a whole chase. Phil Coulson they saves also, him. Yeah, they also meet Goose. Which is awesome. Which is very important. Well, very pivotal. Fury met Goose. Yeah, which is so cute. Brie Larson met a puppet. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Nick Fury with Goose is adorable. Yeah, so cute. Mm -hmm. Who knew he had such a soft side for animals? Yeah. I feel like this movie really shows, like, it's so interesting seeing him as a younger person because he is not as, like, hardened by yeah. the girls. He still has, like, that fun... He has, like, a new agent kind of feel versus yeah. someone who's been dealing with the politics of yeah. secret agencies. Yeah. And so, government officials. Mm -hmm. and so he has, like, those moments, like, when he finds Goose. Um, mm -hmm. Or when he's just, like... Or at the end when they're in the kitchen and he's like, starts singing. Yeah! He just has these moments where he just cuts... Yeah. Cuts loose. Cuts, Cuts loose. Back. He's relaxed. Yeah. Not as uptight and angry. Uh-huh. Less pirate. Yeah. Honestly, it kind of threw me off when I saw that part of him, or like that side of him. Because mm -hmm. I was like, this isn't the Nick Fury that I know. Right. So it was it was very strange. Um, but when Fury discovers that his boss is actually a, a scroll, then... Phil Coulson actually helps them escape by divert, diverting. Yes. Creating a diversion. Uh, it's not necessarily what happens, but... Leading with wrong information. That's correct. Mm -hmm. And then they escape to... Um, Maria Rambo. Yeah, Carol's friend, Maria. Yeah. And she has a cute little daughter. Mm-hmm. Which I think is so, is so beautiful to this story. Because we see um, Carol as, like... The super powerful woman who has another friend who's equally as powerful, just in different ways. She's mm -hmm. such a like a strong mother and a really good friend. And Very have, intelligent. She's a mechanic for planes. Yeah, they absolutely. were both they were both successful Air Force pilots. Mm -hmm. Like she's just as it's so powerful. Yeah, and we meet um, her little daughter, uh, and we learn a lot about Carol while they're yeah. there. There's a lot of character development that happens from the moment she shows up to the moment they leave in the, yeah. in the plane. Um, the yeah. scrolls come. Mm -hmm. It's the big twist. We find out the Kree are the bad guys. Yeah. My dad kind of ruined this scene for me uh, because he, he said, like, okay, so the scrolls come in, and they're like, everything that you know is wrong. This is actually what happens. And honestly, Carol and Fury are kind of like, yeah, okay. They kind of just... They just go with it. Yeah. yeah. They just kind of go with it. And I thought for sure they were going to get double-crossed, but then they never did. Like, this was actually the truth. Mm -hmm. um, and so I... Yeah, my dad was just like, why did they just believe them? You know? I think they were really, like... They were, they were wary at first. Uh -huh. It wasn't until after they listened to the black box. Yeah. That's, like, because there was proof. 
That's true. Yeah. Um, there was there was proof, and that's what cemented it because that's kind of like when Carol got all of her memories back, and mm-hmm. remembered that it really was Jude Law, and the yeah. Kree that were bad guys. And and I just want to, I love Jude Law as an actor. <laughs> he is really great. I've seen him in a lot of stuff. He's a great actor, but he cannot play the bad guy. Mm. You can tell there is a definitive line mm-hmm. in his acting from when he's playing the good guy, the quote-unquote good guy, to when uh. he's actually trying to portray the bad guy. Yeah. His, I say this with all the kindness that I have in my heart, his acting goes down. It's yeah. so much cheesier. Interesting. Like, uh-huh. he's, he's almost trying too hard to be bad. Uh-huh. He's played the good guy so much, he almost can't remember how to be That's a bad so guy. That's so interesting. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Like, you could just kind of tell it's like, mm-hmm. you're trying too hard, man. Yeah. Go back to being the, the happy teacher good guy. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so tragic how quickly, like, he and the rest of her friends just kind of turn against her. Mm-hmm. Then they find out she's trying to help the school. I don't think the rest of them were actually her friends. I think the only one she had a true relationship with was Jude Law. Uh-huh. And that's because we learned that, like... That's it was true. his Some blood like, transfusion that, it was his blood that was used as a transfusion when they brought her back. Mm-hmm. He was the one who was training her. Yeah. He's, he's the one she would go to. Like, mm-hmm. I think the rest of them just kind of tolerated her. Yeah, weren't there some shots that showed, um, some of them were jealous? I can't even... Maybe. Maybe I made that up. But I feel like that would be a valid thing yeah. that happens that some of them are so jealous. Because... Obviously, she is very powerful, even mm-hmm. though some of it is being, like, dumbed down. Some, like, Not even dumbed down, but, like, just hidden from her. Yeah. It's being, like, pushed below the surface. Yeah. So it only comes out in, like, wild spurts every once in a while. Yes. Yeah. So and then they capture her, and they hook her up to the supreme intelligence again. Yes, which is really... It's both a very awkward uh, moment... Well, so, we skipped a lot. We did. We skipped a lot. Uh, There's the whole finding out that the the scrolls are actually refugees. Yeah. Which, I think they did that to really play onto what was going on in the world at the time. Which was, like, a lot of the refugees issues going on. And Mm -hmm. I think it was cool that they threw that, like, that they made, how do I want to, that they added that to the movie. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. Um, I think it was cool that they added that side of it into the movie. Mm-hmm. Was making it refugees. And and I think that's what ultimately got Fury and Marvel to realize that um, mm-hmm. the Kree were the bad guys. Yeah. yeah was absolutely. meeting Talos' wife and daughter and the other kids, and seeing everyone hiding up in space. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That really, that was really, like, the, the thing that turned the tide. Yeah, it's the turning, it's the turning point. Yeah. Um, and then she gets captured. Yeah. (laughs) Hooked up to the Supreme Intelligence. Yeah, this is one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. Um. She just gets so fed up. She's like, she realizes her true... Yeah. Potential. Everyone's just been telling her mm-hmm. to just keep it keep it within herself. Just to control it. Yeah. And subdue it. Mm-hmm. All her life. Like yeah. people were just telling her, stay down. Mm-hmm. Like 
stop, you can't do this. You're, You'll you're never not, be able to do this. Yeah, you're not enough. Um, and every single time she just gets back up mm-hmm. and just keeps going. I think that's such an amazing message yeah. for for all for all like the little girls who need just a female superhero who's so powerful and brave and um, persistent. Yeah. I I it gets me so worked up and emotional yeah. because I I remember being a little girl and just wanting to see and just wanting to see like the powerful figure mm-hmm. um be a female. Um so I would always feel like I had to like the the female lead who was usually like a damsel in distress mm-hmm. or kind of useless. People are so bad at writing female characters. They are. And I think that's one reason that Marvel and even Iron Man really pulled me in mm-hmm. is like again going back to all the way to the first Iron Man like Pepper Potts wasn't yeah. a damsel in distress. Yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I think and it's and that's been a pattern in all the movies even mm-hmm. though this is the first where it's a female only lead. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. ever since the first movie there's every like female has been a strong lead. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, and there are definitely some, like, flaws with the character. She mm-hmm. she can be portrayed, she, oh, sorry, she can be seen as too perfect, mm-hmm. um, which, I don't know, I think that fits with the role that she has in this universe and, like, the part that she has to play, especially, like, in in-game and stuff. Um, she needs to be that, like, strong character mm-hmm. um, who's so much more powerful than people think um yeah the deus ex machina (laughs) i think i said it right i have no idea so (laughs) there we go uh yeah and so she kind of realizes that as she fights the supreme intelligence Mm -hmm. and then the little electro chip thing falls off and she has complete 100 control and then she screams everyone it just goes magnificent (laughs) although i have to say the fight scene that follows between mm-hmm. her and that one female Cree person. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> From, like, it's just, it's empty. Uh-huh. It's so empty. The song choice is good. Mm-hmm. It's a good song choice. But, like, it's so empty underneath. And it's, yeah. like, it won some award for, like, for like best fight scene really? of the year. Uh-huh. And this is the same year that Endgame came out, by the way. Mm-hmm. And it won. And wow. I was so shocked. Yeah. Because I'm like, this isn't even the best fight scene of the movie. Yeah. I think it's because um, since she has full control over her powers, mm-hmm. it's just so easy for her to to fight these people. And so um, there might not really have been such a need for more technical choreography. But not even technical choreography. It was just like, it was almost like bouts of silence. Mm-hmm. Like... It was, like, almost like there was a lot of pausing. Yeah. You know, even the dialogue, like, was really weak, I feel like, in uh-huh. this mo- just in this moment, I feel like everything was just not uh-huh. at the best. Yeah. And it kind of blows my mind that it won. <laughs> um, I think it only won because it was Captain Marvel, but it blows my mind that it beat Endgame. Yeah. Yeah, that is really interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, but also that last confrontation between her and Jude Law is uh-huh. also, I've, I have mixed emotions. Yeah. 
It reminds me of the scene. It in, was so what? sorry. It was originally supposed to be kind of like the beginning one. Yeah. But at the end, she was gonna win. Yeah. Uh, and then they decided to make it where she realizes she doesn't have to play his games. Yeah. And just kind of beats him. Mm-hmm. But I. And I like that. Yeah. But again, it's so cheesy, flimsy, weak. Yeah. It's like. Prove it to me. And, and and this is also Jude Law trying to be a bad guy and <laughs> not succeeding at being a yeah. bad guy. Um, he's like, prove it, prove it. She's like, I don't have to prove it. And just blast him. And I'm like, there's yeah. so much buildup. I was so excited. Yeah. I was like, because I'm going off of that first interaction, uh-huh. that first fight interaction between them yeah. at the beginning of the movie. And I feel like this would have been this buildup of like this, there's always this really big intense fight scene at the end where it's, yeah. Where it is like this hand to hand, like, oh man, they're gonna, mm-hmm. they're gonna win, and I was like so ready for that big build up, because she does have her full grasp of her powers, and she, and she's like, this is me not proving it to you, and I'm gonna win, and yeah. I understand her just blasting him away because she's like, I don't have to prove it to you, and I'm like, that's amazing, but I was so let down. I know. It was it, it, it was, was a build up to nothing. Yeah, I understand the point of it, and mm-hmm. I applaud that. Um, I feel like there could have been a different way yeah. to communicate that. It The scene kind of reminded me of, I think it's Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, where he's gotten through this big fight scene with these bad guys, and then this guy with the sword comes out, and he's just, like, whipping his sword around, and then he's, Indiana Jones just, like, pulls out his gun and shoots him. So, like, you're expecting yes. this big yes. sword fight. And but that was like, almost Ooh. like a... It yes. Was, it was because Harrison Ford was having, like... He was really sick, and he was just like, I'm done. So he just shoots this guy. I'm so sorry. I'm breaking expensive equipment. (laughs) But, yeah, he just shoots this guy. Yeah. Because he's... Yes. I feel like with that one, they were almost trying to make it comedic. Yeah. Like, that one, I feel like that that has kind of comedic timing. And this one was kind of funny to watch, because it is like... That's not what we were expecting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it was just because what I was expecting wasn't what I saw. And yeah. so I felt really let down. Yeah. I feel like the second half of the movie was rushed. It was. Yeah. And this is also what I felt for Doctor Strange is mm-hmm. because they had so little time to develop these characters before they were needed for the big movies. Yeah. That they had to rush the movies themselves. Uh-huh. Um, and it, it just, it made it hard mm-hmm. to like do accurate color- character development for them yeah so yeah i got you mm-hmm. so i guess do you have any more or can we touch on go ahead um i have a couple how, fun facts but go ahead yeah how fury loses his eye uh-huh i was bummed i'm not going to i that. laughed oh i laughed too but i was also just like it kind of goes back to that really yeah this is what we were waiting for yeah um a friend who he trusted took his eye. Yes. He trusted. The last person I trusted. Yeah, that was it. Wow. Uh, And then it makes me question, like, you haven't trusted anyone since 1995? Which is... Wow. I mean, that makes sense, seeing what his character has become. Yes. I love... (laughs) After, like, after everything, he's back at his office, and Coulson comes in, and he's like, so is it true that... You were held against your will and refused to speak, and so because of that, the Kree took your eye. Mm-hmm. And Fury's like, I will neither confirm nor deny that. And Coulson's like, understood. 
<laughs> I'm like, Perry, you're such a liar. Oh, yeah. That's so embarrassing for him. Oh, it's so embarrassing that the cat sitting on the cat bed in my office took my eye. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, it's... let's hear some fun facts about this movie. Okay, some more fun facts. Um, what haven't I said? Uh, so they, so in the movie, Carol's age is roughly like in her late 20s, early 30s. Mm-hmm. And when they were filming this, they were really worried that it wouldn't be accurately portrayed that someone of her age would be that successful of an Air Force pilot. Oh. So they actually consulted the Air Force. Really? To find out that someone, yeah. that, it, that it is possible for a person between the ages of 28 to 34 to become a very accomplished pilot at the uh, level that she was. Yeah. I don't remember what her... Yeah, I don't remember what, uh, they, what the rankings were. I think they said it at some point. Colonel? No. Let me... I don't remember. But, Consult. like, but apparent, but... It is possible. They fact-checked it. Like, I just thought it was cool they consulted the actual Air Force. Um, Yeah, that's really cool. This is also... So Jude Law is the fifth person to play a main lead in a Marvel movie. Uh And also play a main character in Sherlock Holmes. That's funny. And I love it. Yeah. So Robert Downey Jr., Jude Law, Benedict Cumberbatch, Martin Freeman, and Rachel McAdams have all played main characters. Uh-huh. Aside from Rachel McAdams, they've all played the same two characters. They've yeah. all been Sherlock Holmes or John Watson. Watson. Yeah. And I just love that because I love Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yeah. And then Rachel McAdams played Irene Adler, and mm-hmm. she plays it magnificently. I love it. She is perfect for it, and the way that... Guy Ritchie wanted her to portray the character is amazing, mm-hmm. and I'm going to stop myself because I'll go on a whole other tangent That's about a, different a podcast. completely different movie. Different podcast episode. Just be ready. I'm so excited to record that episode. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, I'm just really bummed that there's no possible way to get all of them to interact. Because uh, they got so they got Benedict Cumberbatch and Rachel McAdams interacting because they played off of each other in Doctor Strange. Uh-huh. They were. Um, like, opposites. They yeah. were character opposites, I think is what that's called. I don't know for sure. Um, you know, and so that was kind of cool. And that's almost like the infusion of, because he plays Sherlock in the BBC, and she yeah. plays it for the films. She yeah. plays Irene Adler. And personally, I think the way that Guy Ritchie's films portray Irene Adler is much better than how BBC does. Yeah. But that's, again, a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. So they interacted, and then Robert Downey Jr. and Benedict Cumberbatch interacting. Yeah. And it they, it was so sad that there is, no, hinting. Yeah. No, like little nods. No, none of the yeah. There was no nods to Sherlock, mm-hmm. at all. Not even the most iconic. Lines. Yeah. Nothing. There was nothing, and I was so bummed because there's there was only two instances. That that could happen was between. Benedict and Rachel, and Robert and Benedict, and nothing happened. Technically, Martin Freeman and Robert Downey Jr. have interacted, because they interacted in Civil War. Yeah, they did. So I I forgot about that one. Yeah. But still, like, I thought it would be really... I thought it would be amazing if they could have gotten all of them together, but... Mm -hmm. Not possible. Yeah. But it's still really cool that, you know... Yeah, it's still some nice little... The actors are all together. Yeah. Yep. 
uh, Jude Law actually um, called up Robert Downey Jr. to like consult about like because they they've at this point they've worked on the two Sherlock movies together mm-hmm. um, and like spent a lot of time doing it at the same time that Robert was doing Iron Man yeah the first two Iron Man movies so he like actually called up Robert to be like hey you know help me prepare for yeah. working with Marvel and mm-hmm. so like that was kind of cool to learn yeah that they did that aww. So, that was really cool. Um, I think that's that's all that I have. Cool. Or actually, do you want to know the... F- so, Goose was played by four cats. Oh my god. Do you want to know their names? Absolutely. Their names are Reggie, Rizzo, Gonzo, and Archie. <gasps> Precious. Mm-hmm. I love it. With Those are the four heart. cats. That's amazing. Yes. Those cats should have won awards. They should have. They have a lot of t-shirts. <laughs> they have a lot of merchandise. So I think I think they're okay. They're getting their royalties. <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. It's precious. Um, we have like 30 seconds. Have anything else to say? Um, can we just applaud Brie Larson for the dedication that she had to the part mm-hmm. and the training that oh, she yeah. put into it? So much. In order to become Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Absolutely insane. She had to do so much. Yeah. And she chose to do that. Oh, she yeah. She was like, I'm playing the strongest superhero, so I'm going to be the strongest yes. that I can be. Yes. Which was awesome. Yeah. For all of, like, the controversy surrounding her, I think that should be... Something um, that needs to be recognized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Recognized and applied. I think people are doing that for her. Yeah. yeah. I think it's... Yeah, she gets a lot of flack. Captain Marvel gets a lot of flack, but yeah. I feel like it's just, <laughs> I feel like most of it's just a lot of insecure men who don't want to see something like this because it's not a man. Oh, possibly. Mm-hmm. Possibly. But yeah, I think it's a great movie. I think it's, yeah, it's pretty good. There are moments where it's weak, but there are moments where it's strong. Yeah. But it's paving the way for future mm-hmm. female superheroes. I'm here. I'm waiting. I'm black ready. Widow, black widow, black widow. So pumped. So excited. Oh, Cannot wait for it. I think I think I heard November. Mm. I'm I'm here. Fingers crossed. I think that's We pray, we pray. Yeah. If oh, we, movie theaters start to open. Leave us so that we can have our movie. Uh, well, on that It's great talking. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. It. Yeah. See you later. See ya. That's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. And if you have any movie facts or questions you want to add, send us an email at moviesandmochas20 at gmail.com. Or if you have any movie suggestions you want to add to our list, let us know what you want us to talk about. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just look for the Movies and Mochas podcast. Have a great day, guys.